So when you say he's doing work and family time, like business work or like yeah. workout work or like yeah, both all of it. Yeah, it's all all, all of it. It's all work, like we yeah. talked about. He's but. just told himself, <clears throat> I'm not going to have any cheat meals at all, and like no Netflix, no scrolling hmm. through YouTube, nothing. It's just he works his business and works his family. Hmm work your family you that's know, pretty cool is. it's way cool and just what he's accomplished in a year or it's like those overnight successes that you're like oh it's so amazing what they did overnight mm-hmm. no he's been working on it for 10 years it's just he found that formula it just took him 10 yeah. years to build enough of hey now i know this i've really learned knees over toes is important okay and then you start <clears throat> to share that with people who have major influence, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're the knees over toes guy, and every athlete out there is yeah, pulling a sled backwards. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, and I think the, the cool thing about, say, like seminars or writing ebooks or whatever it is, I think a lot of people get freaked out, and I even do. Like that might kind of my initial response is like, oh, well, I'm not a guru on that stuff. Yeah. But I think the key is don't go into it as a guru. Go in there as we're trying to learn as much as we possibly can about business yeah. and take people along for the ride. And we're putting this together so that people can come together and network. People can come together and listen to these awesome speakers. Might not, it's probably not going to be us, you know, or yeah. one might be or two or whatever, but bringing other people in, you know yeah. what I mean? And so then it's like, oh, well, I never said I was the the guru or knew it all from the beginning i'm just putting this together so we can all learn together yeah you know it kind of i think that's great and and really if you think of any guru so um harv ecker is someone that i really i've I've went to his seminars and i've read his book and really like him his success uh, his initial success came a long time ago he made one of the first retail fitness like home fitness equipment businesses in North America. I thought he was like a personal development guy. Yeah, he is now. Oh. But that's how he made his first couple million. Hmm. And then I think he lost it and, and got it back. And But when he's talking about it, um, you're like, oh, that's great. But Harv, that was 20 years ago. Like, what do you have to teach me? Well, principles are eternal, correct principles. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he can teach the mentality side of it. And, you know, there's a little couple little things that I do um, that I got from him, and I just, they're just great. Um, well, and actually, let me shift to someone named Blair Singer. He said, if you see anything on the ground, like any change, you just increase your net worth. It's only a penny. Mm-hmm. But you reach down, you grab that, you put it in your hand, you go, yes. Because <laughs> you just increased your net worth. Yeah. And it seems so weird. It seems so little. But it's huge. And, and then we start to do, let's say, in fitness. You know, we wear a weight vest for a workout. And as soon as that workout's done, you're like, dang, that, that was 12 pounds, and I've lost 12 pounds. That's how I used to feel to work out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm on a good path right now. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It, uh, it solidifies that success in our mind, and it also allows us to not be so scared to jump out and try to, try to get things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's... That's awesome. I, I love how you said principles are eternal or truth is eternal, you know. We, yeah. we talk a lot about how a lot of these things are just the same thing that people have said for forever. You know, yeah. like richest man in Babylon or, um, you know, Andrew Carnegie, these things. That, yeah, that Buddha, think Christ. Thinking, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been around forever, but it's... Uh, listening to it from the right person that says it in the right way that yeah. on the right day probably <laughs> yeah. you know we're in the yeah. right mindset and it's like oh you know like i i get that now and and uh it's good yeah there's always stuff for us to learn yeah i i love and i also love hearing when we've chatted about something and someone it kind of dawns on someone mm-hmm. like the other day we were both showing up and um it was the the wife of someone who was here she's like it really hit him when you guys said that you're not your job, hmm. that that you are you and your job is your job, but you're not your job. I was like, that's cool. Like, yeah. And we just kind of know that because we've learned it. Yeah. So to us, that's just normal. 
to him it was like i'm not my job wait i'm me <laughs> who am i like yeah. it, was, it was really good yeah no that is cool well, and I think a lot of times, too, we hear these things, but maybe we hear them from somebody that is far removed away from us, or we feel like, you know, they're a, they're worth $100 million. And so yeah. when they say it, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't even apply to me because he's worth $100 million. I'm not. You know what yeah. I mean? There's just some disconnect there. That's what I love about what we're doing is just regular guys going through the process. We're not yeah. saying that we've arrived anywhere yeah. or, or anything like that. We're just going through the process and talking about what we're picking up and learning and things like that along the way and yeah. taking people along with us if they want to go. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of fun. It is fun. Just normal guys. Yeah. Just. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, really, some of the most successful people that I've met, you talk to them and you're like, how did you get worth $100 million? Like, yeah. That's nuts. Just normal people. They're normal people. Mm-hmm. They just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a book called The um, <clears throat> the Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. And it was written, I think, in 1910, hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And talks about how getting rich is an exact science. And if you look at anyone who has gotten rich over the years, they follow that exact science. And if they don't follow the ethical and the moral side of, of the science, they'll lose it all. Hmm. But if they're moral and ethical and they follow the science, they, they get to it. And you, once you kind of look and you know what you're looking for, you're like, oh, there's a big difference. You know, and long-term wealth that they're going to hold on to and, and that they cherish as far as freedom, like talking yesterday. Yeah. You know, freedom with family and and using their financial freedom to better the world and it's pretty cool yeah it's all yeah it's all awesome yeah yeah for sure so one thing that i've thought about is um risk yeah so you know i think I think that it's hard for people to make a change because they look at it as being risky. You know, yeah. we're, we're in a society where, I mean, it's so interesting because you can find somebody that will tell you any, you know, like say for finances, you will, you can find somebody that tells you that borrowing money is risky, you know, like a yeah. Dave Ramsey type, type mindset. Then you can find somebody that says not borrowing money is risky, like a Robert Kiyosaki mindset. You know, like there's so many contradictions, and it's so hard to not just get confused and mixed up, you know. But I think one universal truth is we somehow kind of think that there's a fallacy of safety and security and that we can do certain things to take away risk, which there are some things, but there's inherent risk in anything. Oh, absolutely. So I think that that's one of somebody, one of the big hangups for people is maybe they're in a job or in a, you know, a secure place, a a secure place, you know, quote unquote, because, um, you know, there, there's probably no such thing, but looking at going away from that and everything they might deem as risky, or if they're telling you know, maybe their coworkers or something, hey, I really want to go start this business, then there's always that element of risk that comes up. Oh, that's something that's really risky. Did you know that X amount of businesses fail in the first year or whatever it is? Yeah. So how do you how do you measure risk? How do you deal with risk? How I mean is it something you even think about r- r- risk? Yeah. Um definitely think about it. Uh that being said, I'm I'm risk averse, but I love it. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy. Okay, it's not risky, but everyone thinks it's risky. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Uh, when we first started the Rock Wall, fourteen years ago, um, a few years later, had some some mission buddies who were up here and, and kind of helped things get going and you know helped us build it and everything. They were like, dude, we thought you were crazy. Hmm. Like, we all thought it would fail. We all thought, like, what What are they thinking? I wasn't. I was thinking, like, hey, this might work. And if it doesn't, I'm sure going to learn. Yeah. Um, and I was young, so I could I could mess up and not 
you know, ruin my future. Now, as I've gotten older and have started, have done other things, that whole like get older and risk thing, I actually think it's false too. I used to think, oh, I need to make, I need to make my mistakes early because if I make them later, it's, it's too late. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. I think someone can quit their job at 50 years old and get out and build a, a business or they can build a side hustle while they're working their business and get out. So back to the, the risk question, I guess it depends on what is more risky. Getting out and seeing if you can make it on your own. Be very open to change. Let things evolve. You know, Bruce Lee, be water, my friend. Be water for a while and see where you go. And yeah, you might get to where you got to go get another job. Or you stay in that original job, which you might be unhappy in. Um, but you have all that security, right? You mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a paycheck that's coming in every month. Regardless of inflation, that paycheck's going to come in and it's going to be the same. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some cost of living. You're going to have insurance, which you still have to pay a deductible on. And um, historically speaking, you're going to pay a lot more to insurance than you're ever going to get back out. Your insurance costs will go up. Mm-hmm. Your taxes will go up. Mm-hmm. Everything fixed cost within what you're making it will go up. The gallon of milk at the yep. store is going to go up. Groceries, all going to go cars, up. Cars, everything else. So, what is more risky, staying in that fixed system, or jumping out of the fixed system? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually think it's pretty open to interpretation. Some people stay in that fixed system. That's awesome. Yeah. And if you're happy, great. Mm-hmm. If you're not happy, hop out of it, because it's, to me, it's very worth the risk, and within that risk, you're mitigating risk. So we don't live in a house above our means. I don't drive vehicles that are above our means. We like to go and explore the world a little bit, but we're never getting into debt to do it. You know, it's, we're mitigating a risk within risk. So I could have business dip a little bit and it doesn't change my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we kind of make our own levels of risk. Mm So I think it's just being smart with that. And, you know, a good way to, to begin is just get slightly out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, what's something that freaks you out? Me? Yeah. I hate snakes. I hate snakes so much. Ah, like, my wife laughs at me because, you know what, the other day, there's this, uh, so Breezy used to do, she used, well, still does, but um, had a, a fitness coaching business yeah. through Beachbody. And so we've got all of these coaches, you know, that we met because we, we did that for like six, seven years. We'd go on trips and everything and uh, had a great time, met a lot of great people. But I've still got a lot of those people that I'm friends with on Facebook, even though, you know, we haven't um, been as involved in that the last couple of years. But the other, guy, the other day, this guy, um, he's from Texas. He actually is a retired cop and is a a really successful coach through this company but he i was scrolling he had a snake in his toilet bowl like he was walking and this is in texas thanks thank goodness i don't think it wasn't supposed to be there yeah like he so he said he was like out of the corner of his eye like he saw something in the in the toilet and thought that like somebody didn't clean up or something well he looks over and it was somehow like in one of the flush drain things and so, Not it had okay. its, and so it had its head out. And then, so he, like, the next couple hours, he was posting updates to his story on how him getting the snake out was working. And I, like... My bathroom would be destroyed. I didn't, I didn't have a nightmare but that night, but I, I don't like snakes, no. which is terrible. And I know, the funny thing is, is I know what the... Uh, and maybe you're going this direction... But I know that the solution to that is going and messing around with snakes. Yeah, maybe, well, snakes are maybe a little different. You, you don't, you never need to touch a snake. <laughs> never, <laughs> ever. Um, yeah, you could go your whole life being unsuccessful. You don't need to touch a snake. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually the same. If it was one thing, that and like tarantulas, spiders. Yeah. No desire. But like skydiving was kind of scary to me. Yeah. So I was like, 
let's go skydiving. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's a little nerve wracking. Let's go. Because I love getting out of my comfort zone. I, 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 I love it so much. I, I probably love it too much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I've noticed that when I stop getting out of my comfort zone, okay, now that I'm going to say this out loud, this is very um, obvious. When I stop getting out of my comfort zone, I, I strive to get in it less. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I get comfortable. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. But when we're out, hey, let's go skydiving. Hey, let's go on a hike here. Hey, let's go on a dirt bike ride over here. Hey, let's start another business. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's do a podcast. Like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just getting out of the comfort zone, and then you start getting out, and you're like, oh, it's really nice out here. There's a lot of freedom out here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, like, you know, on uh, Raul Paul, I mean, he always says, okay, here's your comfort zone over here. Here's your, here's your, uh, here's where the magic happens over here. Yeah. Like there's no overlap, you know, they're, they're completely different places. Um, you know, and, and lots of people have said like, it's magic, like unexplainable things happen. Good things happen when, when you just decide to go for it and get out of the comfort zone and and that kind of stuff. Something to do with faith. But it is risky. Yeah. It is always risky to you know, maybe go and, and try to network with somebody in a new group or whatever, you know, there's the risk of being turned down or, or whatever, or maybe, you know, being embarrassed or something like that. Yeah. There's, you know, skydiving, obviously there's inherent risks. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's always risk associated with getting out of our comfort zone, but there's also risks associated with staying in it, our comfort exactly. zone. Yep. You know, and I think that that was the big kind of, thing that I looked at when I was, you know, really trying to figure out, do I, do I like this job? Do I like this business? Do I want to move on to something else was exactly what you were talking about before, you know, yes, there's risk moving outside of that, but there is also risk staying in it as well. And so when you, you know, you kind of try to measure risk and it's like, okay, this activity is very risky, you know, maybe it's 100 on a, on a risk scale. Yeah. And you think of your job as maybe it's a maybe it feels like a, a twenty on the risk scale. You know, there's there's some security there and whatever. Well, if you really start looking at it, like you were saying, what if inflation ticks up and your wages don't don't stay there? What if you get to retirement and you don't have what you thought was there? Or what if like social security they don't increase it? as much you know the cost of living doesn't keep up so now you know for me those are huge risks yeah i think those are bigger risks than and we never talk about those as a society no because it's so noble to to graduate and contribute to your 401k and it's like that's the american dream yeah well and i think that it's just it would you know, with the the uh, censoring and stuff like that, you know, if we were openly talking about the failures of the social security system or the failures of, you know, pension funds or whatever, yeah. then obviously that reflects badly on government. So I think a lot of that stuff's kind of, yeah, you know, propagated out that it's a good thing and censored a little bit in the downfalls of it. But, you know, that's what I was looking at is what's the chances that I get to the end of my career and you know retirement age or whatever and the pension's not what i thought it was or the social security wasn't what i thought it was or you know those kind of things well now all of a sudden the risk uh you know maybe it was a 20 risk before you start to add some of these other factors in well now maybe it's a 50 risk or maybe it's a 70 risk so really the only you're only offsetting maybe 30 or 40 points of extra risk by going out and starting a new, a new business. I don't know. Maybe that's a confusing way to look at it, but there's definitely some some things to add in on. You know, look at the whole picture. Yeah. Don't just look at month to month or day to day. What the benefits of staying in one one spot are. What's the, you know, same with health. Is there risks going to a job going to the gym and working out? Sure, there's risks. You could pull a muscle. You could have an injury. You could. Um, you know, drop a, drop a 45 pound plate on your foot or something, you know, like there is risks there. Is there risks not going to the gym? 
absolutely. Yeah. Diabetes, heart disease, obesity, you know, like there's risks there too. And so um, I think a lot of times we need to look at the risks properly, look at the whole yeah. picture and say, what is, what's the risk in, in, you know, what on the risk scale, what's the time factor worth, you know, yeah. where, where maybe you're having to work overtime all the time to make ends meet in a job, but maybe you have to work the same hours in a business or more hours, but you're able to kind of decide what hours those are, or you're yeah. able to take your kids and family along with you when you're doing some of those things, Yeah, you know, and so there's some risk there as well in relationships and that kind of thing. So yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that we need to look at the big picture and a lot of times we don't. Yeah. Um, our 11 year old, he came up to me the other day and he's like, dad, how much do lawyers make? I said, well, I didn't, I didn't look it up, but I was like, well, you know, I probably starting out 80 to a hundred thousand a year would be my guess. Mm -hmm. He goes, Oh, I think I want to be a lawyer. I went, okay. So then just think about this. You're going to go to school get four you know four years of an undergrad and then <clears throat> after that you go four more years and you know you get your doctorate and pass the boards and become an attorney and starting out well, there's a good chance you're working 60 70 hours a week mm -hmm. you know because you're building that name and you're out there doing your thing and uh, attorneys that i know it's kind of how it's been you know they <clears throat> start off not making as much money but they're putting in tons and tons of hours and then they can put in less hours and they start to make a little bit more money. And it's great. Like, it's great for them. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted him to be aware of that. Just so you know, you know you're probably going to be putting in 60 hours a week. Well, I, I don't want to work 60 hours a week. <laughs> so, okay, well, then that's a really good lesson. Mm -hmm. You might not want to work 60 hours a week, but there's a job that makes $2 million a year working 60 hours a week. Is $2 million worth it for you to do 60 hours a week? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. Let's let's figure it out. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? You know, mm -hmm. what what kind of time do you want with your family? Like, there's so much that goes into all of this, <clears throat> but it's okay to think about it. It's okay to break it down, and it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. You know, if if you quit your job and things don't quite work out, you're like, dang, I actually really miss my job. Cool. You just learned. And you can go back to that you job can go back. most of the time or yep. a similar job. Yeah. I think a lot of times we, well, not a lot of times, our system is set up in a way that discourages looking and dabbling. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, like, we, like we've talked about, um, you know, we, we think that we have to have it figured out by the time we leave high school. Yeah. And 18 years old and know what we want to do for the rest of our life. And then somehow if, well, and then we give our 18, you know, our high school age people a list of jobs with the salary next to it. Yeah. So it's like make a decision off of this based upon the salary, yeah. not upon your passion and your, what you're excited about. And then, you know, go into that and get your degree or whatever it is. And then, so you're done with college by the time you're, you know, 20, I was like on the five or six year plan, you know, yeah. so it took, but you're done say by 25. And then you're expected, if you somehow deviate from that for the next 40 years, you're weird or something, yeah. you know, it, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to know what we want to do when we haven't had any job experience. Yeah. 18 years old. I mean, you maybe flipped some burgers or had a paper route or maybe. something like that. Maybe. Yeah. You know, so how are, it's just such a bizarre system. When you really look at it, it's just so weird. It, it is really weird. And there's a lot of anxiety around that age group <clears throat> where they're maybe just finishing up undergrad and they're like, I have done school now, high school, right into college. You know, I've done high school and college for eight years now. I'm so tired and burned out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go do another four years, you know, to get a, a PhD or another two years to get a master's. And the amount of anxiety and honestly depression and just a crappy outlook on life from a lot of kids that age. Yeah. It's like, dude, take a year off. <laughs> yeah. Just go like, what do you want to, and we have this conversation quite often with that age group 
um, you know, what do you want to do? Well, I, I want to become a physical therapist. They're like, no, no, no. Like, what, not what you want to do for a job. What do you want to do? Like, yeah. for fun. Well, I'd actually love to go live in Mexico. Go live in Mexico for a year. Yeah. Just go. A one year is not going to do anything. In fact, it's probably going to look better on your on your master's resume to say that you went and worked in Mexico for a year, and now you know some Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like, just go. And how to meet people, and how to yeah. network, and how to uh, observe a new culture and race of people. Like, I mean, there's so many lessons that just in living life that we don't take credit, you know, that yeah. we don't give credit for. It's yeah. just, it's, it is bizarre. Or <clears throat> the thought that you, you have to get, get a degree no matter what job you're going to do. So I uh, met someone the other day that wants to start a CrossFit affiliate. They, they love it. And their idea is to go and become uh, a physical therapist and then open up a CrossFit gym. And oh, I was yeah. like, hey, that's great because mm-hmm. that's extra excuse me there's extra knowledge there there's there's this there's that i was like so are you gonna be a physical therapist and own the gym and they're like no i just want to own the gym i don't want to be a physical therapist Mm -hmm. like why are you going to college yeah like go get your level one which Mm -hmm. is a weekend course open a gym and use your clients to learn all the stuff that you want to learn because if it's just for the knowledge and the whole idea is to run a crossfit affiliate we don't need to do all that other crap. Mm-hmm. And you can. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But in their mind, they were like, well, no, I have to go get that education in order for me to do this. I'm like, no, it's backwards. Yeah. It's okay to fake it till you make it. It's okay to jump in right now and be completely transparent with people. Hey, I took a weekend course. I don't know what I'm doing. But if you'll let me, I'm going to practice on all of you. Mm-hmm. People love that. They go, okay, cool. Now that's some risk for them. Yeah. That's also a risk for the individual that's going for it. But let's say they get two years in and they find out, okay, maybe I want to be a physical therapist. What are they out? Yeah. Nothing. And they gain some knowledge along yes. the way that can help them in that. Yep. You know. Yeah. We're, we're not against college degrees. I just, it doesn't have to happen that way. Yeah. You know, I, I have a degree in healthcare administration. Mm-hmm. We'll never use it. Mm-hmm. Nor... I mean, the only thing I think of now is like medical coding, like how many codes will the, the V get, you know, and, and how much yeah. are they, none of it matters. How many jobs have you had that, and I know that they're out there, so I'm not trying to like put this a blanket statement on everything, but how many jobs have you had where they actually cared about your degree? Um, jobs where they said they cared about the degree? Yeah. Like I up have, front, like yep. you have to have it in order to... Well, that's the funny part is, yes, until they found out that they needed, until they needed me. Yeah. And then it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. And then it was, hey, but you can't progress until you have that degree. Okay. Until they needed me. Yeah. And then it goes, oh, you know, we'll, we'll waive that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I can see the allure like, hey, they were so dedicated, they finished four years, so mm-hmm. let's get that person. But I think that as time goes on, we're kind of finding out that that's Yeah, that's people flawed. aren't really looking for that anymore. Yeah. I haven't had, I mean, granted, I've mostly done my own business. I've had a couple jobs, you know, here and there. None of them. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, not to say that it wasn't good to do. For sure. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, there's valuable lessons there. And yeah. And obviously, there are some things that you have to do that in yeah. order to, you know, if you want to be an accountant, obviously, you have to go to college. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we're just mainly saying there's options. Yeah. Don't get, don't get just in a single track mind and think that there's only one way because there's lots yeah. of different ways to be successful. I'd love to challenge the system, though and get rid of, not get rid of, but have another option. And that would be apprenticeships. Yeah. Like why not have someone who's a licensed, um, not apprentice, but master, legal, mm-hmm. licensed master. Mm-hmm. And I go into accounting or being an, ter- an, ter- an attorney or a doctor or, you know, any of those, uh, 
get back to the apprenticeship thing. Yeah. You know, hey, he worked with me for 10 years and now he passed these boards. He's good to go. Yeah. I would love that. Well, and that's kind of what we still have in some of the technical type. Yeah, very um, true. You know, Votech type stuff. Yeah. Which I know a lot of guys that make a lot of money yeah. doing that. And it's, you know, it's, I think probably if, uh, you know, it depends on what my kids want to do. But, I mean, those are totally on the table and actually kind of me um, encouraging them to yeah. look at some of that stuff. You know, there's there's just such a a, a demand for that. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, it's just, I mean, but it's crazy too because any more, you know, we get a we get a degree to get a job, and then the job um, is gonna is going to require us to be trained yeah. on that job anyway. <clears throat> and so you know, it's kind of interesting. I have a friend that his brother is a welder, a really good welder, um, you know, and does fine. Makes yeah. you know makes good money. Um, but my friend, he never went to college, never anything else. Very personable, like. You know, like just was a everybody's friend and not afraid to go and talk to people and and you know very personable person and uh, got a a job at a I think he uh, it's a, like a potato warehouse yeah but he you know just kind of worked his way into uh, leadership positions and different things and then they trained him to I think he like rebuilds motors so there's like a lot of electrical motors and stuff in yeah. in potato warehouses. He makes a lot more than the welder guy does, yeah. you know, than his brother that's a welder. And the the brother that's a, a welder was complaining about that, you know, like, I went to all this school and I, you know, like honed my craft and everything, which is good. And he's yeah. like, but he makes way more money than I do, you know. And so, but we don't ever talk about those kinds of things. Like, yeah. just be a good person. Try to grow. Try to um, be personable. You know, some of those old, those, those timeless skills is more important than, than some of yeah. that stuff. I don't know. No, I totally agree. It's um, it, at least thinking about it from, you know, kind of moral, ethical background. Like none of this is worth it if you're going to hose people over. Yeah. It's just not like I, I just couldn't like live with myself knowing that, Hey, I've become massively successful off of screwing people over. Yeah. Like just tear, no, just be a really good person. And I think it'll all work out. And if it doesn't, at least I was a nice, good person <laughs> instead of, you know, the guy that it didn't work out that still tried to screw people over. Yeah. Oh, just, just be good, be good. Yeah. And, um, you know, those kind of noble things too, I think make risk a little bit easier. You know, if, if your business is <clears throat> um, based off of, let's say, illegal practices, well, that seems pretty dang risky to me too. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have the risk of messing up your business, you also now have the risk of going to jail. You're doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. Like mitigate your risks by doing legal things. Yeah. Um, which makes sense to a you know normal pair of moral and ethical people, but you know I, I think too. Um, there, there can be some allure in different places and just don't, don't ever get off in the weeds in that, Mm -hmm. in that regard that whatever you're doing, it's going to be risky. It's going to be scary, but make it legal, moral and ethical. And then no matter what happens, you've maintained being a good person Yeah. or at least trying to be a better person, which can you imagine if everybody on the earth was like, I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so cool. Yeah. And me too. Like, I need, I need to do the same thing. Well, and I think that's an important thing is giving ourselves credit for that. <clears throat> you know, when we're – I have a hard time of, of, of that sometimes, you know, today looking at, oh, I didn't get this done and this done and this done, or, oh, I haven't hit this goal yet. Well, look back a year, look back yeah. six months and see, man, I've really grown a lot over the last – year um you know we get so caught up in thinking forward a lot of the times which makes us anxious and yeah. everything else instead of looking back and going hey I've, I've set a pretty good trajectory for myself yeah if i as long as i can keep doing what i'm doing you know learning and growing and and then it's 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 all good you know yeah um, so we can kind of mitigate risk too 
by the simple act of visualizing what we want things to be. And I, uh, that might sound a little weird and kind of hokey, but if you've worked this out in your mind 50 different ways for 50 different nights for <laughs> 30 minutes each, you're 25 hours into this business without touching anything. Mm-hmm. And you've gone through some scenarios. So if something pops up, you've fixed it in, in your mind. Mm-hmm. And so like, we should never discount the power of the mind and the power and the, of the mind in helping mitigate our mental risk. You know, a lot of times this risk is just made up in our heads. It's some type of, you know, what if scenario. And usually the what ifs don't happen. You know, what if I go bankrupt? Well, you're probably not going to go bankrupt. Well, what if this? Well, you probably won't, but maybe you will. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Then you go through bankruptcy and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. Oh, I really screwed up. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. And I learned all of these lessons yeah. along the way. I mean, you look at, uh, it seems like, isn't it most, or a lot of millionaires have gone bankrupt yeah. a couple times or whatever, you yeah. know, and they came back stronger. Yeah. You know, it's just like we've talked about in anything. Anytime we fail, we have the opportunity to learn from that and move forward. You know, I don't ever want to go bankrupt, Yeah. but I fail in other things every day. And as I do that, I learn from that and move forward. Yeah. You know, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Risk is a, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I think risk is totally based upon perspective. Yeah. Like, what are you, what is your perception of risk? Is your perception of risk that a paycheck is not guaranteed to come in next month? Like, if, if that's what somebody is basing their risk assessment on, then, yeah, maybe quitting and going and starting a, a business is risky. Yeah. Um, is risk that, you know, the, the, the inflation example that we gave that, shoot, in, at retirement, I might not have enough. And so I need to learn something so that I can, if I need to get more, I know how to go find more, yeah. you know, kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just interesting people's perception. I was listening to one of my mentors the other day and he was, it was on a podcast. They were talking about risk in investing mainly. He's like a, a stock investor and, and like even real estate and stuff. But so he's an investor and he said, he said, uh, because they were talking about that. How do you decide how much risk you can take? You know, and and uh, he said, okay, say you're a guy that's 60 years old and you have $10,000 in the bank, like to your name in retirement, and you're 60. Does that guy need to take on a little bit of risk or does that guy need to take on a lot of risk? And, you know, the guy that was interviewing him was like, well... He's like, oh, man, like, that guy's almost a retirement age. Like, he needs a little bit of risk, you know, because if he loses that $10,000, then he's screwed. Yeah. And the mentor guy's like, no. Like, that guy needs as much risk as he can possibly find because yeah. he's already screwed anyway. Exactly. You know, he, he <clears throat> whether he has 10000 or zero really isn't going to make that much difference to him. Yeah. And so he needs to take on as much risk as as, as he can. And, uh, you know, the interviewer was like, man, I, I guess I never even thought about that before. Yeah. And so it's just our perspective. You know, yeah. what's the, what is is the the being mindful of what we want yeah. and, and really taking stock of where we're at and then making adjustments uh, to get where we want to be. Yeah. So, yeah. um, totally just lost what I was going to say, but it, <laughs> it was, it was going to be decent. I guess it wasn't going to be that good or I'd keep remembering <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I just, and I don't think things are as risky as we think they are. Yeah. A lot of times we go to the worst case scenario, like you were saying, when we think about, you know, quitting a job or I mean we go back to that but yeah. but that's you know kind of kind of a, a, a main example for us but I mean we go to the worst case scenario what if I fail yeah what if I 
you know, da 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 yeah. But what if you don't? Right. That's what's cool. Yeah. And honestly, some of the riskiest things, riskiest to society that we've done have been some of the best things that we've done. Yeah. You know, when <clears throat> the whole COVID thing happened and the stock market crashed and and crypto was all insanely on sale, mm-hmm. I never had more conviction over something in my life as that crypto would be a life changer. Mm-hmm. And it was like, do we have an extra $10? Yeah? Okay. It's going into Cardano. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but the world and, and friends like looked at that and they're like, dude, that's crazy. Why? Why would you ever? I'm like, I don't know. But it feels so good. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, who cares? Yeah. If I'm right, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's even, it's, it's the same with, with anything, you know, like what's, what's worth it. Mm-hmm. And actually knowing, knowing, I don't know the word for it, like knowing the anti-risk, like, you know, what if it doesn't not work out? Let's just double negative as much as we can here. Yeah. What if it works out? Mm-hmm. You have more time with your family. You're making more money. You can adapt with society. You're adding value to the world. Like all these good, good things. Mm-hmm. But we just, what if? What if I mess up? Well, and I think we leave it up to chance, too. We think that success is if, you know, we still think that it's luck. Yeah. And, in, you know, so in, instead of saying, what if... What if I fail or what if I succeed? Well, let's take the what if out of it. Yeah. Let's start learning how successful people think. Let's start yeah. learning how successful people structure their lives so that they can accomplish more. You know, then there then it takes the what if out of it. Yeah. You know, and it and it starts to take some of that risk away. Um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki always talks about the best way to um, to hedge risk is to increase your education about a subject. Yeah. You know, if, if you, a lot of people think investing in real estate is risky. Well, if I study and learn a lot about real estate and I have, um, I know what the market's doing, I know what, you know, maybe what it's going to cost to fix up that house. I know kind of, you know, I've educated myself. Well, then really there's no risk yeah because i know the answers yeah you know so same thing with starting a business or moving to another job or anything well what are some of the things that i can learn that are going to make me more successful in that business and start going through those things and then you know what's what's the uh what's the market for that product what are other people in the space doing what, uh, how many hours a day do I need to work on that? What's the best equipment I can use for it? You know, all of these things as we educate ourselves and, and understand that, it takes risk completely out of the equation, really. Yeah. And I mean, there's still all, always, there's always risk in everything, but we can get down to a part where all of, most of the risk has to do with ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's it's all human error is the biggest part of the the, the pie when you look yeah. at, at risk and a failing business. Very little of it's the economy. Yep. Very little of it is you know outside forces. Most of it is the individual. So if we can grow as an individual, educate ourselves in those things, we are very much diminishing the amount of risk that yeah. we are taking. So, yeah. Well, and the best way to learn all of that is to just jump into it. So yeah. you'll hear people and they'll go, I just don't know enough about crypto to invest in it. Like, oh, you want to learn about crypto? Go put a hundred bucks in it. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn very quick. Yeah. You know, you're going to be like, why is this fluctuating 20% a day? <laughs> well, look into it, you know, like, let's go see. And then you're going to start to, to learn that. And you're going to blow yourself away how much you can learn by just jumping in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something as simple as I did a tile job. <clears throat> maybe five, six years ago. And uh, they're like, hey, we would like to do these quarter bricks as the backsplash with mortar in between them. And I was like, oh, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Sounds great, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Well, on that job, I mean, I was gonna make sure to do it really good. I mean, that was the point and, and it did. But on that job, essentially they were paying me to learn how to do that. Yeah. But I, 
wouldn't have known how if they didn't say, hey, we want to do this. And I just go, sweet, let's make it happen. Um, now we're going to do that in our house because I know I can. I practiced on somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. You just jump in. Yeah. Jump in, you're going to learn it. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. Life is good. Yeah. Go back, you know, go back to doing what you're doing and, and reset and recalibrate. Life is millions of choices and, you know, 999,999 might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that one, that one's good. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I heard, uh, there's a quote from somebody famous, I don't know who it was, but like that uh, opportunity is like a, a bus maybe or something. Like there's, you know, if you, or a train, I think it was a train. If you miss one, there's another one coming oh, yeah. around, you know. Yeah. And I think there has to be some commitment there when we decide to, to go into an opportunity or whatever, you know, there, there can't be apathy towards, oh, well, it's just an opportunity. And if I fail, then I'll just quit and jump on the next opportunity. Yeah. But just knowing that there is opportunity, commit yourself. If you legitimately fail, then there's other, there's other opportunities around, Yeah. but commit to what you're doing. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to start a side hustle, commit to it. Yeah. That's the only way you're really going to learn is by committing to it. Um, not being apathetic, but yeah. yeah so evolving, adapting, <clears throat> don't do the same thing that fails over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it, it generally works out. It's pretty cool. The, the businesses that you hear, you know, five out of six businesses fail or whatever. No, five, five out of six business owners stopped. Yeah. Like, I really think that very few actually just fail because they sucked. Mm-hmm. They mostly fail because you ran out of money and you weren't willing to go find more capital or a myriad of other reasons. Or you mismanaged the money you had yeah. or you, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So risk and, isn't. And, and, and Well, I'm just going to say every business that we celebrate now was a risk. Like oh, you look yeah. at Jeff Bezos, yeah. like quitting his job, moving across country to start an online book. You know, everybody mm-hmm. told him he was crazy. Everybody. Yeah. And now look, look at him, you know, yeah. or, um, I mean, you know, all these examples we hear about all the time, Elon Musk, you know, yep. have, have you seen the video of the, all of his rocket explosions, like no. all of his failed launches? Uh-uh. Um, yeah, there's a video <clears throat> that I saw and maybe it's not all of them, but I mean, it's like, rocket after rocket after rocket rock you know uh blowing up and then there was an inter- interview of somebody that's like uh all of your all of your critics are saying that you shouldn't be doing this and that you're not going to be successful or whatever and they're like aren't those people that you looked up to and he's like yeah he's like those are my heroes and he's like does that make you want to quit and he's like oh no like i don't quit you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Like he's, there's tons of risk in what he's doing, but he's yep. minimized risk by just learning and pushing through and, and, you know, just having that commitment to it. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the lesson is that risk is not as risky as we think. And that risk is completely necessary. Yeah. I mean, even, even talking the other side of it, you know, there's risk in going to college. Mm-hmm. and getting in student loan debt and starting a family. You know, I mean, there's risk in everything. It's just yeah. now we have to figure out what am I willing to risk? Well, I'm, I was willing to jump into marriage because the risks didn't seem as, you know, <laughs> downside as, as all the upside. Mm-hmm. And throughout marriage, you learn and you grow. And it was a good decision having kids. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it some sacrifice? Yeah. But great things come out of it that that supersede all of that other stuff. Starting a business. Is it risky? Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, fun. I totally agree. It's difficult. It's good. I like that. Yeah. Well, and so maybe the maybe the action steps kind of the takeaways for today could be if you know if if you're out there and you're thinking about quitting a job or quitting a business and and moving into something else the side hustle or something that you're gonna you know put all your focus on but you're hung up on the risky part of it maybe take out a sheet of paper 
and draw a line down the middle of it and put the risks of your current situation yeah. on one side and look at the whole picture. Yeah. You know, look at 30 years down the road. Look at, um, you know, family time. Look at all the aspects of your life that you're looking to make, you know, to benefit, to make a change in. So put all of those risks on one side of the, the sheet. On the other side of the sheet, put down the risks of the business, you know, um, all of those kind of things. And then yeah. measure them out. But but look at the whole picture together yeah. and not just kind of the, the short-term thing, yeah, you know, and, and, and do that, go through that. I think the other thing is what you brought up is start getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Go touch a snake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know that would help me. Like I know that if I, I know that if I just went out and like, I know that it would help. I hate that's snakes. The, so. <laughs> but that's the, but that's really, that's, yeah. that's the solution to the problem is just to go do it. You mm-hmm. know, I hate getting up in p- front of people and speaking, you know, yeah. whatever, like that's not one of mine, but I know that that's one that, yeah. I mean, it's not one that I love. It's yeah. definitely uncomfortable for me as it is for anybody, but that's one thing that people are completely afraid of. Yeah. We'll go do that. <clears throat> and then you find out uh, it's not that big of a yeah, deal. It's not that bad. You know? So that's the other action step. Get out of your comfort zone, go network with new people or go try a hobby or a, a stunt maybe that, you haven't done before go skydiving yeah um some of those things and then we start to get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah and and being okay with that yeah those those kind of people are dangerous in a in a good way mm-hmm. like it's about to get uncomfortable good like that's that's the person you want on your team in the apocalypse yeah they'll touch so, snakes they'll touch yeah i'm out <laughs> snakes and spiders like i could i could be in the apocalypse in like i don't know the north pole where there's no snakes no spiders i'm uh, yeah when i saw that video the other day i was like i'm so glad we live in idaho that i don't have to i mean there's snakes here but i don't have to worry about them hopefully climbing up through the toilet have you seen the video of the snake handler there's like a bunch of king cobras and he's walking through feeding them and one kind of strikes at him and he looks at it and he smacks it on the head. Oh, jeez. Like they have this relationship where he's their master and they know it. And it kind of, <laughs> you know, pounced a little. And so he smacks it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just, or there was one it, the other. And it didn't eat him? It didn't, no. No, Ugh. but but it would eat me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know what TikTok videos to send you. Sounds good. Snakes. Yeah. That's no. right. Well, thanks for today. Yeah. It's it Risk. It's not as not as crazy as people think, um, and there's risk everywhere. Risk everywhere. Go drive your vehicle. You're you're risking it. Go up in an airplane. You're risking it. Yep. You're not going to the gym. You're risking it. You're eating a Twinkie. You're risking it. Yep. So yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Sweet. Well, um, <clears throat> there's a podcast scheduled to come out tonight at midnight. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow at midnight. And then uh, this one will come out on Tuesday, and we'll just keep that schedule going. Sounds good. So Look forward to it. Sweet. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, and have a good day. See you.